Hello and welcome to Bottom of the Pack, Andrew Wilson here alongside Sean O'Sullivan. Welcome. Hello, Andrew Wilson, good to be with you after the uh, week off. Just a general soreness. General soreness. General we're soreness. We're allowed to have a break, aren't we? Yeah, we salute general soreness. Caro having a break after four rounds into the season or something I was going like to say, yeah, she's, doing she's, she's doing it. She's doing a tough... Busy issue at the moment. Yeah, I know, a lot going on, I can imagine. I'll wait for the mid- we've still got the mid-season media break to come, I wonder whether that's going to affect the... Uh, with the Olympics as well. So oh, of course, there's Olympics this year, isn't there? Yeah, yeah. Not great over there, is it? Japan? No, I think they're struggling a touch with yeah. the old uh, COVID, but uh, but that's okay. Yeah, tough, tough for the athletes because it's a it's a two-year event, party like a like a crazy person. Mm. But I think it's a two-year event, jump on the plane, head home. So. It's, well, it's interesting. With, as much fun as it used to be for those. With uh, the with the partying post event, there were many things you could catch, but COVID wasn't. Uh, no. COVID wasn't uh, <laughs> one of them. I was thinking more in the uh, venereal uh, perspective, perhaps with a bit of shenanigans uh, going on in the. Um, I remember I had, a, I, had a, I had a school teacher who was uh, an Olympian uh, and a Commonwealth Ionian. Is that what you call uh, people who go to the Commonwealth Games? A, yeah, a Commonwealthian. But some of the stories he came back telling about what goes on. What event? Who is his teacher? Oh, I can't name names, but he may or may not have been a weightlifter. Okay. Yes. Nice. So, uh, good fella. Brownie, if you're listening, all the best. Um, no, like, is weightlifting a two-weeker or is it a one-weaker? Like, swimming's good, it's over and done within the yeah, first yeah. week. Yeah, you want to be a swimmer, so you yeah, get it over and done with. Field. Yeah. Don't, be, don't want to do that. Yeah. you, you got to hang around for a week and behave yourself yeah, and I then know. do your event. Yeah. Things, but, no, hopefully they go ahead. But... Uh, I couldn't care less, to be brutally yeah, honest. I like, I like the 100 metres and that. Yeah. yeah. Shit about swimming. I'm a, I'm a modern pentathlon man oh, yeah, myself. Yeah. <laughs> I know I wouldn't strike you as that, but... Uh, a Daily Thompson fan. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a Thompson fan daily, weekly, all, all, all the time. Uh, so we've got the Olympic pod coming out in July. Oh, terrific. <laughs> event by event. 23rd Olympiad. <laughs> I don't know if it's 23rd, I just like the word Olympiad. My name, my dog, Olympiad. It just sounds good. A uh, week off, how was it? A uh, good, rested up. Uh, yeah, footy's kind of after we were getting highly aroused over the last few weeks. It's um, we're back to our hit and miss type. Uh, well, in fairness, I thought this week was pretty good. Uh, it's a couple of very high scoring games. Yeah, particularly this afternoon. Yeah, uh, Sunday games were um, were extraordinary. But um, now we're just starting to see now. You know, we've got what are we seven weeks? This round seven. Starting to work out who's uh, who's who in the zoo, and this week was a bit of reckoning week because we had a couple of teams who were, you know, being talked out, up and being up and about, and faced some tests and uh, and failed those tests. So yeah, and so, teams uh, that thought everyone thought was gone faced some tests and proved that they're still the maybe they're not, they're not quite as gone as we uh, as we thought they were. So yeah. uh, no, interesting times, and most importantly, of course, the Bangers yeah, had a win. A great afternoon. Oh, what a glorious day it was! All right, let's start round seven. Started Friday night. Richmond taking on the Western Bulldogs at the G. The Tigers at home by twenty-two points in the end, and uh, gave the Dogs their first loss of the season. So I thought the Dogs looking good up until half time. Sean, but then, yeah, the Tigers went into another gear, which I probably we questioned. I probably thought, I was questioning them. I thought, yep. oh, geez, no Dusty. I know Dusty's such a um, oh, what are you, polarising yeah. player and yep. that. But, yeah, like I, like um, Dimmer says, it's system-based. I don't remember, he had that press conference during the week where he spoke about Tom Lynch and mm-hmm. I don't how many goals he kicks. It's system-based. That's yep. all it's about. Jack Rebos, the same. So system got going in the second half. And uh, they uh, dominated nine goals three to two goals four after half time after some poor kicking in that opening half by the Tigers, particularly uh, Tommy Lynch. Yeah, he spraying poor Bayer. He's even away. He was desperate not to have a kick for goal. Yeah. Wasn't he? he just he wanted no um he wanted no part of it. It was interesting. I, look, I know the Bulldogs were were up. I think it was five nine to two eight or something at um at half time. But I felt even during in parts in that second quarter the the. Uh, Tigers were just starting to get it back on their terms, and I I heard a couple of interviews with the Richmond players post game, and they that was the message from Hardwick at halftime. So look, I know it looks bad on the scoreboard, but we're actually starting to win this contest, and they just weren't they just weren't putting it on the board. But um, halftime, I mean the Bulldogs would have known they're three goals up against the defending champs. You know they're going to come out firing, and and you just see whether they could weather the storm, and they they absolutely couldn't. It was just an absolute. Um, 
a tsunami. But the exciting thing from a, a, a Richmond perspective, it was led by um, by the skipper, Cochin, I thought, who really... Uh, he's one of these guys, he's not a possession guy. You see Tom uh, Mitchell and all those run around get 40 touches. You'll never see that from Cochin, but he can have as much impact, probably more, I would say, with only half the amount of touches. He really started to crash in and win the contested ball. I thought so. And then I think probably the most disposal he's had all year. He had been pretty quiet this year. And I was yep. thinking, is, he, is, he is, it, is that it? Yeah. 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 Like you said, he does impact the contest. Unfortunately, if he's hammy late, so right at the end. He's probably next month or so. Yeah. But uh, him and, and Shai Bolton, who, of course, is in playing a lot more midfield time with no um, no Presti and no Martin, no Lambert, uh, is getting his opportunity and is, it's going to be hard to knock it, take out of there because he's... Uh, three goals as well. And that's goal-kicking midfield is what yeah, we always thought of him. Key, key goals late yep. in the game as well. He's had a big month, to be fair. He's yeah. been he's been I mean, very, we, very we good. thought he was unbelievable round one against Carlton. Yep. So he has gone to the next level. So they've found definitely found one. Yeah, they gave him the time to develop in the reserves... And he's become a very, very good player for them now. Yeah, and their their back line just held up really well. And the, it's funny, we've been saying about the Bulldogs that their midfield's unbelievable. And their their forward line has functioned pretty well. Um, uh, Norton's an X-factor down there. And, and Bruce has, well, he had that one big game. I'm not sure he's done more in there. But their, their weakness is if you can isolate their defenders. Because they are weak back there and they've got a couple of injuries as well, so they're missing a couple of people down there, and even at their strongest, they've only really got Keith and and Eastern Wood, and the rest, are, especially on a one-on-one basis, are a bit shaky. And they just started to just through weight of ball going in there, they just couldn't um, they just couldn't hold up. And their second half was was dominant. I mean, they just smashed them in the second half. They've won by twenty points, but it it felt like more in the end. Um, Is it nine goals three to? Two goals, four. Two, four. Yeah. It really was a complete domination. Yeah. I mean, a lot of talk always about the Bulldogs' defence. But then you do wonder about the forward line. I mean, there isn't the consistency, is there, with those, like you said, Norton and Bruce. I mean, is Eugle Hayden going to be the guy? Don't don't ask Bevo that, though. No, no, I won't ask him. But, you know, first year guy, so you can't expect him to have an impact. Yeah. He's still going to be three or four years away, so... I mean, if they can hold on to the midfield and, you know, maybe do some tweaking. I mean, they've still got a chance to win the flag this year, but they've still got some development to do across with the, with their team, and they're still going to be around for the next few years. So, yeah, Eagle Hater might be the guy in a couple of years. Yeah, and it's, it's not panic stations. It's actually a good wake-up call for them to say... You know, if we don't dominate the midfield, we need we need a second string to our bow here because they've had games where, you know, you've had McRae, Bontempelli. Of course, no Dunkley in English here yeah. is the first time we've seen. So the depth has been tested just that that little bit, and it's a. I mean, it's harsh to say it's a cross, but you know, when you're playing the best team in the of the last ten years or so, um, but they Jackie's did, not the man. He got found out a bit. No, he's yeah. not. He, he he's really not. I'm not sure. I'm not sure what you do with um with him. But he's just soft. Like he's just pushed out of the way, and it just just seems like it's all too hard for him sometimes. You know, and it and it'd be enormously frustrating. And and um, old mate Josh Bruce, I think, is going to be living off his ten goals against North for a while because he hasn't he hasn't done a whole lot more either, other than that. But again, it was the it was that back line, Hooley, Short. I thought Broad was very yeah, good as well. I'm he's solid, solid citizen. Absolute solid citizen. Yeah. He's in the leadership group of the solid citizens yeah. for state team. Yeah, you got Grimes. Is we know how good he is. He plays tall, wall, small. Yeah. And I like Bolter. I really like Bolter's game. Yeah, he's well, a good intercept marker. And re, like he rebounds as well for a big guy. Yeah. You know, so they they really you know got the game on their terms as they yeah. say. And um, once you do that, they're, they're a hard um, they're they're a hard team to uh, to stop. And young. Uh, Collier Dawkins in his first game looked like he uh, he's a big bodied midfielder and he did a couple of nice things as well. So um, no, look, it was uh, yeah. I think Richmond just letting everyone know. You know, you can talk about Melbourne and you can talk about the Bulldogs and you can talk about Port and all the rest, but uh, you don't forget us. Don't forget the Tigers, yeah. yeah. And probably good a good loss for the doggies just to work some things out. Like, yeah. as you said, Dunkley and um, English are out. Big English adjustment. Is, English is back this. will be back yep. this week. I mean, no, Dunkley's going to be out for a while, but. Uh, it gives them time to adjust and try some new things, and there'll be some softer, soft games in the next month or so. So oh. they get to try things out. Yeah, yeah. So I think that'll be fine. 
On Saturday, the Pies took on the Suns at the G's. Well, the Suns got home by 24 points. Wow, we? Pies led by a point at quarter time. After quarter time, the Suns kicked 10 goals to five and really just ran amok, didn't they? They really did. Talk about having a game played on your terms. They were... Um they just got the footy and kept the footy and just spread the MCG and just made it look like the biggest ground in the world because everybody, from a Gold Coast perspective, seemingly just had so much space. And, I mean, I know stats don't always tell the story, but, I mean, you you look at some of the marking stats for some of, you know, the I mean, Brandon Ellis on a wing, 35 Cosy, 16 marks, good Lord. Yeah. Um, Josh Corbett had a huge game. He's playing key forward. Kicked four goals, two, took 11 marks. They had four players with double-digit marks. So, so Corbett, what do you say, 11? Sam Collins, 12 down back. And Will Powell, 10. So you're looking at guys like, say, Ellis, Powell, uh, Weller, you've got there, has got nine. Um, Jack Bowes has plenty. It's just that once you turn the ball over to them, it's... It's hard work getting it back because they aren't a very skilled uh, team by foot when you give them time and space, which Collingwood gave them. And I felt watching this, the Collingwood were very one-dimensional. They just went in doubt. It was almost like Malthouse coaching. You know, it was just long up the line. And one thing, like Gold Coast, you know, they have their good games and their bad games. But one thing they're consistent on is they're pretty well structured. They're really well coached and they know they know how to, to zone to mark a ground. And when though Collingwood decided they weren't going to take the game on and just bomb it long up the line, Gold Coast just ate it up. Yeah, because it allowed the spread and the oh. switch and the way they went. They had 146 marks to 98 in favour of the Suns. Yeah. Uh, interesting stat just come up on the, on the, uh, on the website there. Top 21, 21 total marks for the Suns, 854 mm-hmm. season. Uh, Collingwood, 639. Over 200 more. And that's a lot of possession that Collingwood aren't maintaining. And that's, I mean, a signature of the last few years of Collingwood has been that ability to keep the ball. And, you know, you have guys like Howe and previously Langdon and, and those sort of guys across half back that would have a lot of marks because they would just keep possession. But it was very one-dimensional stuff from Collingwood. And, um, you know, they're playing a lot of kids and everyone's screaming out for playing the kids. A lot of their kids just... They're nowhere near ready. It's all well and good saying play the kids, but there are some kids who are ready to go from the get-go, get drafted and they're fine, and there are others that take a little bit of time. And there was a couple of kids out there, um, McRae, uh, Poulter, McCready did a couple of nice things, but they're, they're, not, they're not ready and they're not, they're not contributing in any way, in any way shape, or, or form. So. Yeah, like, it's, it's been... Said a million times, I mean, you know, with Trelaw, Phillips, and Steven Stevens. I mean, they're 200 game plays for your club. You lose First 18, yeah. they walk, they walk straight yeah. into yeah. most sides, let alone this one. So you combine the three of those going, plus the injuries that they do have. And obviously, that's sort of stuff that goes on in the off season. That undoubtedly has a, a psychological, you know, impact, especially, I was thinking about this the other day, you know, Buckley, has really built his success on his relationship with his players, you know, that he's, he's really invested in them as people and, you know, they really feel the love and the like. And I, I think what happened particularly to Trelaw, a guy who, you know, relies heavily on that sort of receiving a lot of love and, and you know, loved the club and didn't want to go anywhere, effectively being booted to the point that they're paying his wage to play for somebody else and the way it was kind of done, I think maybe other players are going, oh, Maybe it's just all talk. Maybe maybe they don't, you know, maybe I don't feel as invested. Maybe I'm a phone call away from getting the arse as well. And that permeates through the through the group. So while I think Nathan Buckley's a really good coach and his overall time at Collingwood's been a success, you know, at a performance like that, when everyone knows the coach in particular is under the pump, you're starting to think that maybe it's just, it's just not a fit anymore. Yeah, I mean, it's... And it's all probably stemmed from the 2018 premiership loss. They figured they were so close. They made, you know, re- made the signings, ran out of money, yep. lost all their draft picks, and now they're like, oh, shit. So this could be like another, you know, 10-year rebuild because they, they've slowly got to get back into the competition, become competitive because they've got to get some draft picks yeah. and they ain't got them. I don't think, like with most things in life, when it's when it's good, it's never as good as you think it is, and when it's bad, it's never as bad as you think it is. I think 
they'll, they'll be okay, but not this year. And it was unrealistic to think with the things that they did in the off-season that things were going to be okay this season because it's just unrealistic. So, um, And the problem is, with all these changes that have gone on and the negative results that have come as a result of it, it, it all seems to be Buckley's fault at the moment. And he's like, dude, I'm not... His name I'm, not I'm not... And the, ultimately, yeah. the Buck football stuff, the Buck stops with Bucks. See what I did there? I did. Um, but it's he's like, dude, I didn't want to get rid of Trelaw and all these guys. That was a club decision. And now, lo and behold, we're not playing as well as we used to when we had these guys here. And that's my fault. You know, give me a spell. Yeah. But he, it's just not how footy works. No. Nah. On the Suns, fantastic. I wouldn't think that... They're, just hovering outside the ad at the moment. They're not going to make finals, you wouldn't think. I mean, they've still got Rao to come back, so he shouldn't be hopefully too far away. Oh, hopefully. Um, I think they're going to be the classic team, you know, the old shape the eight team. You know, they're not going to make the eight. I think similar sort of bracket to Carlton, I think. They're, they're not going to make finals, but if you lose to either of those sides, you'll look back at the end of the year and think, oh, that's the game that's going to cost us, you know, making the eight. But their good is really, really good, and... If you let them play on their terms, they're really, really hard to um, stop. And they're all—they're doing this without a ruckman. Yeah, because Wits is done for the year. This makes you, which makes you question again, ruckman's place in the game. I mean, you've got one of the best ruckmen we've seen in a while in Grundy against key position players who were sort of doubling up as ruckmen, and they still got smashed. Mm. So, how important? Uh, yeah, yeah, it's a good question. Yeah, it's and interesting. We'll never know, but you still kind of need them, though. You need those big blokes. Oh, you'd rather have one than not have yeah. one. Because then you get out of jail, kick down the line guy, too. So oh, you, that's there's why a myriad of things. And then as the game gets on, yeah. blokes get smaller, blokes get tighter, and the big guys can just win the hit outs and things yeah. like that. But um, it it just goes to show, if you don't have one, it's not the it's not the end of the world. Yeah, all right. Uh, Adelaide took on the Giants. Giants got owned by 67 points. It could have been a lot worse for for the Crows, only 67 points, because the, the Giants keep one goal eight Oof. in the opening quarter. So 66, 67 points was lucky for them. Adelaide started the season off so well, obviously they're going to hit a wall at some stage. Um, so They've hit tough. it, Willow. Yeah, they only managed to keep four goals for the game, and we're going to have, keep our eye on the, the greatest player in the AFL, Tex Walker, <laughs> 50% of the goal, so you know he's still... Well, there you go. There that, you that's, go. That's, that's worth... T- that's what he's telling goals. people. It's 10 goals. When people are asking Tex, how you go? I'll kick half my team's goals. Exactly. Like, Whoa! <laughs> so good news for uh, the Giants as well. Uh, Lockie Whitfield back after his uh, liver injury. Yeah, great to see him back. Yeah. And then, um, obviously, uh, Jesse Hogan coming across from Fremantle, kicking four goals in his first game for the club, so that was fantastic. And a fun stat too, also, the Giants haven't lost when Mummy plays. They've lost all He's their other amazing. games. He's amazing. So you need a Ruckman. But it, well, you need a Ruckman that, you know, retired in the late 90s. <laughs> He's, but it's crazy. He does give them something that young Flynn, I think, is going to be a good player in time. And he, he hasn't been poor in the games he's played in. But the point you make is a really valid one because they're... Their midfield was completely dominant here, you know. Taranto was up and about. Kelly was up and about. Tom Green was up and about. Hopper's up and about. And that's because Mummy's in there. Yep. Um, and against this a ruckman like Riley cool. O'Brien. I mean, Riley O'Brien's in the... in the. I mean, he's a length behind your, um, your Gorn and Grundy's, but he's certainly... In the second bracket. He's actually absolutely in the second tier, and um, he's more than broke even with him... Um, with him here and again, I just those midfielders walk that little bit taller when he's when he's out there, and and the midfield really dominated here. I mean, you've got an Adelaide midfield that if O'Brien's not giving them first use, it's without um, without Sloan, it's you know it's it's kind of Laird or bust really. And Laird had a um, Laird had a quiet one, and and, and those boys dominated. But that that forward line is is starting to look you know potent again. You know, you had Hogan with four, Himmelberg with three. Uh, Sam Reed with a couple, you know, little little Bobby Hill nearly took mark of the millennium. Oh, did he? Oh, Ken does have a leap, does have a leap. The boy Bobby, um, like I said, Whitfield terrific having him back. He just eased his way in with 30, 30 cozies and just gliding across the uh, Adelaide Oval as he um, as he does. And the and the backline, the backline held up mainly because the midfield was dominant and the whole, not a whole lot of footy went in there, but. Um, Fair play, Leon Cameron's a bloke who cops a lot of um, 
you know, he cops a lot of stick, and they've they've had a really good last um, two or three weeks. Lost his doggies a couple of weeks ago. Didn't yeah. They? yeah, I think they got up. Oh, I can't remember. Yeah, lost last week, I think. But um, they they're starting to they're starting to yeah. put it together. And, um, good to see Jesse Hogan back. Hopefully, he uh, gets everything sorted out personally. Yeah, for as as um. Friend of the pod, Pete Roberts, who has an excellent website, behindthefooty.com.au. So Very good website. Behindthefooty.com.au used to uh, have some dealings with Jesse and said to in our, in our group chat that if he decides he wants to start playing footy again and start trying... He'll kill it. ...book out. Yeah. Because that's why he was such highly rated as a 17-year-old when Melbourne got him as that priority sort of pick back in the day. Well, you remember the year, of course, he won the he won the Rising Star in his first year yeah. as a key forward. I mean... Kick 60 in another year. I mean... 18? Was he still there at 2018? I think so. Is that the prelim year? Yeah, the prelim when they got beaten in Perth yeah. in the final. Yeah. One of those years. Yeah, but that's like his third year if it was at 2018. Yeah. He, I think it was 2015 when he got drafted. Yeah. Had so to spend a year at Casey because he was too young. Yep. Yeah. And came and then certainly came on the scene with a bang, didn't he? So hopefully oh, yeah, he gets it right and good for the Giants. There's no, no question about ability. And it's a free hit from a GWS perspective. And, I mean, he should be lucky... Not many blokes get a second second chance to learn a third one. So um, shows how talented he is. That clear, exactly right. That exactly right. Uh, had a crack at him. So well done uh, to the Giants. The Crows are in a little bit of trouble at the moment. Start signs are just starting to show the kids are uh, the kids are, are getting a bit uh, tired, and, and that's understandable. You know, these longer games, week after week, it's starting to catch up with a couple of them. And I I think. Probably more towards the second half of the year, but we're seeing signs already. There's going to be some massive blowouts, Willow. There's going to be some big, big margins towards the the second half yeah. of the second half of the year. Now, speaking of blowouts, St Kilda took on Oof. Hawthorne uh, Saturday Twilight. Saints got home by sixty nine points to the old Jekyll and Hyde Saints. Oh, working out back again. The big win this week, and God, who's, who knows what's going to happen uh, uh, next week? But they were pretty much done the game at uh, quarter time when it was five five for the Saints in the. Hawks were held scoreless, so pretty disappointing opening quarter there for the Hawks, and I'm never able to get back into the game. No. So Zach Jones had a fantastic game with 37 cosies and a couple of goals. Got best on ground in what is it, the Silk Miller Cup that the St. Oh, Kilda yep. and yep. Um, Hawthorne play against for the fallen police officers. Yep. So yeah, well done to Zach Jones and Brad Hill. They put him at half back and it worked. Yeah, it, it worked, and I mean the game was probably suited to him as well. Oh, it? Once yeah. they were out and up and about. I mean, it was just open footy for the yeah. Saints, and that's that's the type of game that he's going to excel at. So, a lot of pressure on him, unfortunately. But they, they, the media try to find anything at this point. But Brad Hill plays a good one; they'll shut up for a week, and they'll yep. have another bad one, and they'll try and get stuck into him again. And it's interesting you look at the guys, Jones and Hill, the two blokes who had words of training during the uh, during the week, and they're both how do I put this nicely? They're outside players, you know, they're running carry kind of guys. So I think that gives you an idea as to the. The pressure or lack thereof that that Hawthorne um, put on these guys, which allowed them to run around. I think Zach Jones had something like twenty five touches and two goals to half time, something like that. No, it was quite down, only thirty seven. Yeah, he really, yeah, he just slipped it into a, a little bit. There, yeah, exactly. no, just eased off on the line to win by four lengths. But um, yeah, and then they were popping up from everywhere. Jack Higgins kicked four, Butler three. These are the guys who we haven't. Been hearing boo from for for quite a we while. Got the skis on, get them ready. Oh, not yet. yeah, not uh, maybe not yet. not yet, but um, <laughs> not quite ski season. Go- the goggles might be on, but the <laughs> but the, 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 the skis, get the, get the skis and board yeah, they've, they've, a bit, of a, bit of a waxing. They've bought the uh, the pass. They've yep. bought the pass. They're ready to uh, <laughs> they're ready to go. But it's just uh, yeah. Oh look, things things went their way, and and Hawthorne are a young side, so they, they're going to have um, they're going to have the odd ugly day, and and this certainly. Um, is certainly counted as, uh, as as one of them. Uh, great to see Rowan Marshall slowly getting into some form. Him and Paddy Ryder, that combo, um, completely dominated the ruck and and gave the St Kilda mids uh, gave the St Kilda mids first use. And another guy, I give a shout out to. Ever since I uh, traded him out of my Super Coach team, Hunter Clark has really started to get a heap of the footy um, across across half back, and he's a he's a very very nice player, and he's a He's starting to come into his own, but yeah, it's it's hard. Yeah, you, you you want to get excited about St Kilda because you know what they're capable of, but the problem is you know what they're capable of, so you can't get too excited about them. Just a, a quick minute for you on uh, Tom Mitchell. What was he at half time? About eight touches. I think he had eight touches at half time. On loan. The least effective thirty-eight touch game I've ever seen in my entire yeah. life. <laughs> I just, I swear, he just backs himself for leading possession getter and just runs around. And, 
And it's hard. Look, it's probably hard. He's, he doesn't have a whole lot of mates out there. I don't think O'Meara played this game. Was he out? Yeah, he was out. Yeah, so it's kind of him and Warple in the middle or, or bust. And they'll and normally they've got a Ruckman who give them at least a 50-50 chance, but the, their Rucks were smashed. So, look, it was a tough day at the office. And fair play to him for, to keep sort of chugging along as he does. He's a little trot around the ground and little handballs yeah. and things like that. But um, you're not going to tag him because he, he's... it's. You hate to bag a bloke got 38 touches because um, you could leave me alone in your backyard, Willow, for two hours. And I don't think I'd get 38 yeah. touches of footy. Um, but it's just not... You're never going to tag him because it just, um, it's just not that. Yeah. It's just not that damn. Uh, another little shout-out to, to the debut for Emerson Jecker for the Hawks, WRFL alumni. Oh, what club? I don't know. Oh, sorry. The WRFL posted on oh, did you? Oh, <laughs> right. their Instagram. So that's that's awkward. Sure who that's awkward for me. It's WRFL, they say. We support the WRFL on the bottom of the pack podcast. All right, Saturday night, Brisbane took on Port Adelaide. Whoa, this was Battle of the Big Guns. Oh, yeah, this one. absolutely. Got their new couch, Sean. On oh, you did too. Park the ass on it. Absolutely. Very comfortable, might I say, ladies and gentlemen. And it was a shit game because Port Adelaide won by 49 <laughs> points. Shocking. Uh, with the power kicking five goals, 14 for the game. The Lions just outplayed them all night. Oh, way too good. Unbelievable. Like, way the rain good. didn't help them bring the game back. And uh, Charlie Cameron was uh, good for the pa- uh, sorry for the Lions with four goals. Yeah, and a good performance by him. Um, yeah, I was the same as you. Really, there were two games, of course, on Saturday night. There was one I was thinking was going to be pretty ordinary and probably a blowout, and one that was going to be a really good contest between two good sides, and it got it the wrong way around. Yes. <laughs> um, Brisbane were up for this. They were. Um, they were just harder, and it's it's interesting when we've watched Port Adelaide so far this year, and even last year as well. Just their ferocity at the contest has been a real feature of their game. They were they were just smashed off the ball here. They were um, no Travis Boak, of course, for for Port Adelaide, but no Lockie Neal for um, for Brisbane. So that more than offs, offsets that. But they just lack leadership, and that Ollie Wines battled away, and I thought tried his absolute guts out. Um, but the Port Adelaide, uh, Port Adelaide, the Brisbane midfield, led by Hugh McCluggage, who I reckon's got six Brownlow votes in the last in the last fortnight. Um, goal kicking midfielders, um, he gets, I got thirty odd of it and kicked at least at least one. But he's kicking straight. What did he hit like one goal five or something? He kicked seven goals thirty eight or something last year. <laughs> yeah. um, but he seems to be kicking a little bit straighter this year, which is uh, uh, which is good. And Harris Andrews, who, who copped a fair bit of flack. During the week, because he, he got McCaid. He, he got, he absolutely got tailed up. I and mean, then the mark he took, he's taking a mark on Charlie, Cam, uh, Charlie Dixon last night and just let him know about it. We went past him a little bump. <laughs> said, yeah, on the man now. Poor old Charlie's had a rough old month. It's, uh, he's, um, he struggled a little bit. I mean, it wasn't a, wasn't a great night nah, for him to be fit. George Yardis has been good, but he struggled big time. Yeah, Marshall, Marshall did a, no They probably went in too big for a night that was wet for the, for the greater part of the night. Yeah. Rained a little bit, but I guess it's always humid up there, isn't it? That's so true. The night games tend breezy, to be, yeah. Yeah, who knows, but, I mean, is it Travis Boak or Bust one? I don't think so. I don't, I, I don't think so. But, again, you're looking at a team now, injuries are starting to catch up with them. You know, they're missing Butters, they're missing Dersma, they're missing Boak. It, you know, it starts to add up, and, you know, clubs cover it for a week. They might even cover it for two weeks, but... When you're playing against the A graders, um, you need everyone to do their job, and and Port Adelaide were just way off their um, way off their tucker. Like I say, Andrew was true. Thought Joe Danaher was great. Um, he's really starting to warm to to life up there. He's really starting to get get cooking after a, a slow start. Uh, Jared Lyons just keeps doing what he what he does. Just keeps getting thirty touches and it's just what he does and dozen clearances and just yeah. just does it. And he'll, <laughs> he did it last week. He did it tonight. And he'll yeah, he'll do it next, next week. He'll probably do it the week after as well. Um, just super um, super consistent. Uh, Brisbane, yeah. Uh, sorry, Port Adelaide. Not a lot of. I think it's just one of those ones they just file under. But the two losses that we had, had a shit that one. West Coast game was shocking, and this was really bad as well. So when they're at their, that was at home too. The Port Adelaide one, wasn't it? No, I think they lost. No. I was in Perth. Oh, I was in Perth. Lost. You are yeah. correct. Uh, yeah, two yeah. disappointing losses yeah. by them. And then you always got the issues there. Like, I mean, guys that we get frustrated with is uh, Stephen Motlop, Orazio Fantasia. 
you know, they'll kick four or five. Yeah, they're everywhere when they're 50 points up yeah. with 15 minutes to go. But when the when the going gets tough, they can be a little difficult to uh, they can be a little difficult to locate. Ryan Burton also got subbed out here in the second quarter. Um, he's played a really good role across half back. Um, so, like I say, it's just starting to just starting to add up a little bit the um, uh, the injuries. But Brisbane just building very. Very nicely. Yeah, tough start for them, obviously, when they just got stuck in Melbourne. But they're looking the goods. Yeah. All right, the game that... Wow, we. A lot of talking points out of this game. Sydney took on Geelong. Swans ended up winning by two points in a pretty goddamn controversial finish. The two questions that come out of it. Was it a legal 15-metre kick? And was it holding the ball? Thoughts, Sean? Uh, well, the answers in order are yes and no. Um... It went 15 metres. I was watching it live. As was I. Because the other game had finished, yeah, I, so finished I think. Yeah, so, four minutes. so it gave us a nice little time to, to sw- switch across. And my instinct was, because the, the umpire was calling something before he marked it, which made me think he was calling touched. Because you wouldn't call not 15 if a guy hasn't marked it yet. And you can't call not 15 if you don't know how far it's gone yet. Yeah, because it wasn't like it went straight up in the air. It was it was travelling and the, and Cameron hadn't marked it yet. Um, we'll get the... There'll be investigators out and they will do measurements one day. <laughs> yeah, that's going to happen. Get the old Pythagoras theorem out and just uh, <laughs> point A and point B equals point C and all that. But um, I think the AFL have since come out and said, yeah, sorry, we stuffed up. Probably should have been a, a mark. But the holding the ball, if it was, if old mate on the buzzer had hesitated for an extra half a second, I think the Geelong bloke's giving him a bump. Whoever he used to be a representative from both oh, teams. From each I club. don't know if they would still do that. I don't know who does it. the who does the siren these days. I don't know. If it's a Sydney bike, he's like waiting three, two, I'm just going out. Because the robot just sat on it like he was laying it. But that's the but thing. They he was gone. They paint quicker ones than that. They have. So he's pretty lucky. But again, umpires, and this is the reason why Geelong didn't get pinged in Brisbane. Umpires don't want to be seen as an umpiring decision dictating the result of the game. Which is a dumb way because it's not on the umpires. It's on the bloke giving away the free kick. It's not the umpire's fault if there's an obvious free kick that you give it. You've got to give it. He didn't even do the old, you know, the wrestle around when you just punch it into yourself pretending. He just dived on it and said, do you hope the siren goes, sir, or else, or else I could be in some Barney rubble here. And then the siren, and the umpire's are going, oh, thank fuck for that. Yeah. Sorry, guys. I was about to give it, but yeah, it just ran out of time. Yeah. I love you. If the market had been paid, Cameron's on obviously in the, on the straight line angle. Yeah, left footer, right left side footer, for a left right footer. Left, siren's going to go because there's only a few seconds left by the time Great you call. It. Probably would have. Would have tested the rule. Yeah. Because he would have had to have gone around the body because he wasn't going to. He was going to snap. He wasn't going to kick a drop punt. Bend it. Yeah. Well, what's the deal with the step? Great question. We'll never know. Great so question. Who knows? Would the umpire have the, the enough narries, enough testicular fortitude to go to pull him Sorry. Up. Played on, no score. I would love it if he goes right through the middle. John Blaze jump all over the bloke. It's place. Oh, sorry guys, just deviated off the line there, pal. Called play on, no score. It would have been <laughs> as insane. we saw in local footy there a couple yeah, of weeks was, ago, was which was the worst decision I've ever seen <laughs> in the history of mankind. The bloke deviated point oh one of a centimetre <laughs> as part of his natural kicking style. When post high win the game, old mate comes from somewhere. Uh, sorry, pal. He wasn't even in the play that up point. Oh no, he was miles behind. <laughs> just they, they just love getting involved, yeah. the little fuckers, don't they? Yeah. But sorry, it's umpire appreciation. So oh, she was too. Yeah. To well done. Well, spoke well, about that on the radio. Well done, all, well done to all the little fuckers. <laughs> <laughs> the little fucker can't be fucking, oh, fucking razor. razor. <laughs> Razor, you can't bounce it above your head and you're four foot fucking tall. And then you don't, because he, the hubris of the man, he refuses to call it back. What are the one he's going to call? No, I'll bring it back. He put his arm and call back. He goes, ah, oh, fuck it, let him go. Uh, uh, all right. Uh, Patley, Sorry, we went off. Patley, went off goal late. Nice, on the non-preferred. On the, on the left foot. And on the non- good celebration. Quality celebration. <laughs> yeah, really did really like good. it. I don't know what it is. I've been to the SCG... Well, we've both been to the SCG for games. I don't recall being there for a particularly close one. But the atmosphere there, it just seems like through the television, it's that little bit... And night games, I know the feel about night games there as well. Just the atmosphere seems nuts when something like that happens. It just seems louder there than it does 
anywhere else. It just looks a good place to celebrate a goal like that. Yes, it's a terrific finish on his left, yeah. left boot. And, and none of us are really, sorry to Geelong supporters out there, but not that But dis- they dominated. They had oh, they should have won this game. To 20 Gamble, game. Gamble had a significant investment. Um, what was it? We got in the Herald Sun, we got sent. Like, yes. Shoot, 33% or something, their shots at goal. So, yeah, to lose. And the efficiency, I remember the commentators are talking about the efficiency of Sydney. Like, you know, say they had eight yes. scoring shots from 12 entries in the opening half. They hardly went in there, but when they did, they they scored. Where Geelong just had it all the time, but just that they lost the game probably more than anything. Geelong. There's it? a there's a stat called well, it's it's excess, but it's expected score. So what that means it it's a system that works out. Well, you've had how many inside fifties into certain areas? What score would you expect to score? And the same with Sydney. So on expected score, Geelong were to win 111 to 76. Yep. So that's. That's, that's right. not. That's just not just a slight change in the result. Yeah. Well, Twenty. That's 35. a six goal. That's a six goal, seven goal change. Yeah. Which gives you an idea of just how much of the football Geelong had and how efficient Sydney were when they went forward. It was. Um, I mean, they they kind of nicked it. They were good for the win, but it was a fair effort for Geelong to lose that for the amount of ball that they. Um, yeah, I mean, you can put that for the amount of two ball decisions that weren't paid, but. They should have won. Oh, they had plenty of opportunities. Plenty of opportunities. Tom Hawkins had a game he'd rather... Um, he spent the first three quarters complaining about the delivery he was getting. Then he got perfect delivery in the last quarter and fucked it up. So um, yeah, I had noticed that. Yeah. I had some other interests involved with Tom Hawkins. You, yeah, you did from a, uh, a fantasy perspective. But um, a couple of shout-outs here to the miracle man, Tom Hickey. Oh, he did a PCL a week ago. Four to six minimum. Oh, look on the team sheet. In Hickey. the fuck's he going to do? Stand in the square? He's gone to uh, Germany and had the old Oh, German, the old uh, Kobe Cubs, yeah, the Cubs blood or whatever German, it is. Yeah, his German knees now. Oh, Kobe, they reckon, had that back in the Yeah, absolutely, day. yeah. Rest in peace. Um, but, um, and he was terrific again. He's He's been the second best ruckman this year, you'd nearly think. He's been a... We talk about pickups from other clubs this year and Aaliyah Aaliyah and the like. Tom Hickey, he's had an enormous impact there. He's in, a uh, ruckman. They need ruckman. Well, they, 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 well, there you go. The ruckman argument strikes again. Yeah. Um, how did he get? How, how did this happen? That he got there. They came good. Oh, I've no <laughs> idea. Absolutely no idea. And the best thing I love about him: four, four clubs, four different states, and mad hair, and mad hair, <laughs> absolute mad hair. Looks like a really just odd individual, but. He, <laughs> <laughs> But God bless him. Like he's he's, oh, no. he's doing wonderful things, and I wish him all the best in his future endeavours. Um, Sydney, uh, no buddy, uh, no Logan McDonald, the, the, no worries. Logan McDonald, the saviour, the yeah. greatest player in the AFL, can't even get a game. Can't get a game because freaking Big McLean's just taking clunkers and kicking goals for fun. <laughs> Absolutely outrageous. Ended up with four, um, and a couple of a couple of young guys again. I mean, we've all talked about their. First year young guys, you know, Gould and Warner yeah. and the like. Um, but a couple of second, third year players, Ollie Florent and James Rowbottom, both huge. He's classy, Florent. He's going to. I be, like Ollie. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He's, He's just starting to get his number. I think he got about twenty five cozies. He was just struggling getting his. He wasn't getting enough of the ball, but now he's starting to get more yeah, centre bounce attendances. I thought in the last quarter he was really, really. Um, he was he was really yeah, it's, clean. It's good for the, for guys like him to come through, as you said, because it's going to let uh, Parker and Kennedy just just have yep. a rest a little bit more and not worry yep. about it so much. But yeah, he's a good player, Ollie Florent. No, so he, he had a big night for the Cats. Guthrie keeps on going. He's just um, when did he become good? I, yeah, he's like he's all Australian and, and legitimate. Like he's 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 the best midfielder in one of the best <laughs> sides on the comp, allegedly. You know. He's only 28, so he's he's a, bit, he's a bit too young to be in Geelong's best sort of lineup. He dropped. Uh, yeah, he'd be dropped. You gotta, so these kids can't cop the week in, week out of footy, so they'll uh, they'll have to bring in you know a young bloke like uh, Sean Higgins or something like that due to <laughs> due to due to come back or, yeah, that makes or me, I think. Tom Harley or <laughs> Ian Nankervis, Hamish McIntosh, Gary Ablett Senior, <laughs> Bobby Davis, Bobby. Uh, but in all seriousness. Um, Look, Geelong would be filthy that they um, they dropped this, but uh, they'll be the karma. They'll be fine. I thought Selwood was terrific in this game as well. He had twenty nine cozies, and he's been huge this year. Selwood, he's yeah, uh, he he's been quite revitalised. Thirty five, so yeah. Well, he's probably yeah, the youngest the of the old brigade. So you know, <laughs> yeah. So well done to the Swans there. All right, Roos took on Melbourne on Sunday down in uh, 
Well, we Hobart. Demons got home by 30 points. Um, seems like... Uh, this was close for a while. Yeah, but the, the sad news out of this is that Tomlinson's done an ACL, unfortunately. You know, did look that way. Nothing incident. Oh. Just running for the football and... Just stopped and suddenly dropped happened. and... Yeah, so there was nothing to... There was nothing to look at from the perspective that sometimes you see guys' legs going sideways or they get caught under a player or something like that. Yeah, um, nothing to this. So that's... Yeah, he's pretty distressed. If, if, if he was the, the poor bugger. So he yeah. assumed the worst, unfortunately, for him. Yeah. But yeah, as Sean just said before, um, yeah, Dave's, oh, the Roos are in it um, up until three-quarter time where they travelled by... What, a couple of goals. Points. Yeah, yeah, but then last quarter, it was four goals straight for Melbourne, um, North Melbourne. Only managed the one-one, so end up being a five-goal loss in the end. So again, they've had a couple of games where they've been competitive against Geelong, um, and, but then again, same thing got blown out in the last, last quarter. quarters. And then you had yeah. Hawthorne against Melbourne a few weeks ago, where Hawthorne were in it for three quarters, ended up losing wow. by about fifty yeah. points in the end. So, I mean, the difference in class between the two sides was always going to happen, and it yeah it happened in that last quarter. Uh, Bailey Fritch, fantastic oh. with six goals. Does he get rubbed out? For his fender? The elbow on Powell. Oh, I don't... I don't think so. I think it's a free kick. I don't think it's a... Concussion, was it? Yeah, he's concussion, but he came... I'm pretty sure he came back on young Powell because he had a good game. Not, and, there's nothing on the injury list on the yeah. website, so... No, no, no. I think he's... Um, I think he's... I think he's all right. And hopefully he gets a um, Rising Star nomination, young Powell. He's had a... He's had a terrific last two or three weeks for North. Um, but Fritch is one of those guys, You to look at him, well, he's too small to really be key position... You know, where, what is he? Like, is he a he's, forward pocket sort of? He started at a half-back flanker for Yeah. Him. And then I think just injuries and that moved him forward. But he, he's a good overhead. Good he lead, is for his size. He's a great man. Yeah. And he's a good kick. He's a lovely kick. Yeah. yeah. So he's a, excellent. He's been very good for them the last oh. couple of years since they moved into the forward line. Lifesaver, because they've had a lot of injuries and issues with forwards in the past. And he's he's really covered their covered their ass a little bit. It's going to be interesting how he works. Obviously, Ben Brown back against his old side yeah, in his hometown. Uh, so he's back. Um, you know, poor old Weed, Weedman can't even get a game because Jackson's going really well as a second ruck slash key forward. Yeah, well, Tom McDonald was scoreless. Don't know where he played today, whether he had to chop out. Um, Might have to go back after Adam Thompson, Thompson fell over. Down, so. yeah. yeah, maybe Tom, maybe uh, Tommy goes back unless they've got someone Which else. Which frees up a spot, maybe. I think, I think yeah. the commentators mentioned someone on the broadcast. I can't remember who it was. So McDonald could go back and then Weed can go forward. So they're at the, I mean, such is the depth. So it's good things yeah. um, at Melbourne that they ha- do have these options. So they're undefeated now. They're a game clear on top, the D's, after seven weeks. So it's a terrific start for them. The first... Uh, 2005, though. Yeah. yeah. Which uh, breaks the, the longest run of a team be- between being top spot. Who's got their record now? Carlton. Da, 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 da. <laughs> when was our last time? Oh, 2000? 1982. No, no. I, no, I don't know. But Probably it was, 2000. We were really it was a while. Because we never win our first game because we've got freaking Richmond, so it's never then. Yeah. <laughs> you can't even get the dodgy one. Yeah, I was going to say. <laughs> give us fucking Gold Coast around one or something. <laughs> Jesus. <Shit>. Dicked. <laughs> um, but yeah, D sort of did what they had to. Max Gorn, very quiet here. Didn't had little to no impact uh, on the game. So the fact that he didn't have a big game... And they've still found a way to uh, to win and win well. Uh, Stephen May and uh, my favourite combo, Stephen May and Jake Lever down back, just uh, dominant uh, again. Uh, our favourite player, I still don't know why he's our favourite, but we love him, Aaron Hall. Look, he just has a game every so often where he's like the best player in the competition. <laughs> like he just up, does unbelievable things. And this was kind of one of them games. He was everywhere. That's it. It was it during the second quarter? Takes a good contested mark on the wing. Yeah, and it was it a fifty meter bullet right lace out? Oh. fantastic! I think to Larky or someone. Yeah. It was yeah. just a wow. As a Carmelo, Carmelo Hall was just was absolutely because uh, back in the Gold Coast days, he'd get within seventy five, and you know he's oh, having a shot. Have a shot. <laughs> if he, he crossed halfway, the eyes are starting to light up. He had that big year where he's averaging over twenty five touches for him, at and one got stage. nine Brownlow votes in three consecutive <laughs> games. Something like that. It's so random that he. He's got awesome, and then there's games where you wouldn't get a game for North Melbourne Reserve. <laughs> it's just, it's just such an extraordinary mix. Love that. Um, well. But this was one of the good ones. So, uh, so, so well done. And Cunnington, I just love watching that bloke play. 
You just can't tackle him. People just bounce off him, and his hands are just fantastic. Yeah, he's elite. Thirty-five cosies, two goals. He was. Um, yeah, that's a big day. That's a big. That's a big day by anybody's um, by anybody's stretch. So, um, but no, D's keep doing what they're uh, keep doing what they're doing. Yep. Well done to uh, the D's there. Uh, next game, Essendon and Carlo. Hello, Blues by fifteen points. We were there. Beautiful seats, eh? Yeah. Level four right on the wing. Gorgeous. The sun was a bit annoying at the start. The sun though. was a lot annoying. Yeah, was, for those who don't live in Melbourne, it was a balmy 24, <laughs> 25 degrees and with the jeans and, and no hat and no sunglasses. And and, very pasty. Oh, yeah, I was going to say, I'm not exactly the type that bronzes up, if you know what I mean. So, uh, so yeah, a little bit, little bit warm, but uh, gorgeous, yeah. gorgeous day well, for football. frustrating first quarter for us Carlton supporters as the uh, open forward line for the Bombers just did whatever they want to kick six goals. Well, fortunately, for Carlton, we're able to score goals as well. And managed to keep four. So it felt a bit like the Collingwood game where they just went oh. berserk with open, open fifty. Two not, went nuts. Not only game. was it not only was it like one on ones. Like they had spare blokes in their forward line. Every other yeah. team you watch, the defence outnumbered by a couple. We've, we've freaking got four blokes back there, and they've got six forwards. They'd have a slow, they'd slow build up from the back line and three loose men inside. And 50. they still had no one's come back. <laughs> Uh, fortunately, changes were made at quarter time with uh, Doherty going playing that loose role. I think he was defense. playing loose anyway, but he was actually responsible for a man. <laughs> <laughs> so they actually got someone to pick up the man he was allegedly playing on. He's, he's the captain. He's, oh. the, he's the leader of the back line. Surely you've got to verbalise things. You'd like, like to... Uh, and ho- yeah, get oh. blokes to do what they're supposed to do. So, fortunately... Uh, but bombers, the bombers, bombers were good. We really should talk about the Bombers early there. Uh, I like that Jones... Gee whiz, yeah. What did he hit three? They've persisted with him. Like he, he struggled the first six weeks, but fair play to Essendon. They've played him. They've played him every week, and it helps having uh, two metre Peter and Hooker down there. So he gets the third defender. So he had young Parks for Carlton, who he sort of Parks is only playing his third game, and you know he had about seven centimetres on him, and took a couple of really good marks and kicked some um, kicked some good goals. But they were they were just winning out of the midfield. And Tipper had. Three goals before you knew what was uh, what was going on. He was enjoying the. He's not a man you want to be giving a lot of space to inside. No, um, he's good inside fifty. I think they were twenty odd points up halfway during the uh, uh, second second quarter, and we're thinking, oh, don't tell me the the T train is. Uh, has blown a serious no, gasket. I'm really, really proud of this group. Really think they'll go. Yeah, far. no, he believes in the group. Yeah. He believes in the group, <laughs> and I believe he won't be coaching the group <laughs> if they keep playing like they were. He can believe in them the same way Brendan Bolton now believes in them from yeah. afar. Um, but fair play, the bloke I thought turned this around for Carlton was the Boo Man Adam Sard. Mm. Was fantastic, a, winning a couple of fifty-fifty contests across half back, and then with his penetrating left foot kick. Getting it in early and often to um to Harry Mackay, who in the first half was well held, but in the second half really got on top of um of of, of Stewart. James Stewart. Um, yeah, the good thing for Saad, it'd been frustrating watching him the first few weeks. Is that they would give him the ball in shit situations oh, where under all pressure of a he had to go. All right, I've just got to kick a high long ball down the line. But uh, today he was able to find space. And then, yeah, like you said, used the ball beautifully a few times. Uh, kicked some long balls inside 50 and really split open uh, the SM defence. So, clearly his best game for the club. And, yeah, the boos were oh, red hot. Highly audible. They were. Highly audible. Um, but I thought, yeah, he was... Um, I thought it was true, to be fair. So, um, so fair play to him. I thought he was... Uh, uh, I thought he was... I thought he was very good and turned around and... Sam Walsh just keeps, you know. I know I'm biased, but good lord, um, don't be biased. He's he's, he's a fantastic. he's a beast. Yeah. Is his third year, Willow. Yeah. That that's not that's not right. Third year bloke shouldn't be um shouldn't shouldn't be doing that. Um, another good move that the Teague did fair play to him. Zach Merritt was was pretty dominant, certainly in the first quarter or the first half. Getting Kerno to do what he does best, which is just run with the bloke. You know, there's nothing too sexy about the Kurnow game. He just runs his guts out. He's super fit. And it really took merit out of the game, yeah, I thought, well, after, look at the stats. after Ed, Ed Kurnow, 26. Zach Merritt had 25. Yeah. Really and I'd say he had 16 of those halfway, up to halfway in the second And Ed second got quarter. a goal as well. Yeah. So because he's, he's a serious, he's a serious player. Um, but uh, like I said, the second half, I thought, 
Carlton really started to get on top in the middle, uh, obviously led by by Walsh. But I was I was really happy with a guy I've been critical of in the past in David Cunningham, who I thought was terrific. Twenty five cosies, a uh, couple of goals, including the including the sealer there um, late. Uh, I thought was 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 really really good. Uh, young Matthew Owies um, playing his second game, ended up with three goals. Mm. Is it good? Yeah, you know, does yeah, that? That's does all it. you want. That's all. Oh, bloody hell! That's position to play being yeah. that small forward. And he kicked three, and uh, Eddie Betts kicked three as well. So that was good. So the good nice return. Was, yeah, small forwards had a good day. Well, it's a nice return for clubs. forwards all around. When it's nineteen nine to sixteen yeah. eleven, someone's someone's got to kick him, I suppose. And for uh, for Essendon, uh, Kyle Hooker continues his incredible form as a a key forward, ending up with five. Tipper with four. Yeah, I thought Jade Stringer had a he had a really good game. But it was like inches away from being an unbelievable game because they're, they're starting to use him very similar to the way, um, Richmond used Dusty. They use him in centre clearances, but then he pushes forward because he's such a strong guy. Like he was pushing Cripps and Co out of the way there in the midfield and he's a, a very tough guy to tackle. And the, yeah, the guy starts sitting behind us. I heard it talk ago. Yeah. It's the best job in footy that. You go in, you do your centre bounces and you piss off forward and just have a rest. Yeah. He's going out and kicks some goals. Yeah. That'd be a good role to play. That yeah, exactly right. It's all the all the fun bits. Yeah, all the fun bits are for you. But I, I thought he was, um, I thought he was uh, he was really good as well. What do you think of uh, Paddy Cripps's left foot? Fuck! Oh, Thank God he had that redeeming feature of kicking that goal yeah. late. Where I don't. He actually watched that footage. I watched it and thought he's running away from Zach Merritt. He's got his speed back. Zach Merritt could have tackled him. He had his arms out appealing for running too far. Watch him. He's like. He's two inches away from him. He could have just gone like that, but instead he put his arms out to try and appeal for running too far. But that effort on his left foot where I think it just made a connection. <laughs> just. It just... Snicko was called. I, I, my, my eyes had gone inside 50. Like, oh, no, <laughs> and it's dribbled four, four <laughs> metres to his left. He's he's clearly not... God, I hope he's not right. <laughs> How does he not have a left foot? But don't, oh. don't try it then if you don't have one. Because all he does bananas. Yeah, and Sam Walsh does a bit of that yeah. too. They kick with the outside of the right foot or whatever. Yeah, but he, again, he's just not... Thing, he's trying, but things just aren't cooking in his kitchen, poor old, uh, uh, poor old Cripper. But um, look, it's one of those games where I think Carlton just needed the win just to take the get the wolves off the door for a week and sort of leave us alone for a little while. And I think Essendon can take a lot out of it as well. I think they had a lot of kids. Archie Perkins, I thought, was fantastic on a win yeah. for him. That he, running play where we missed the goal at the end. Yeah. So he started it all from half back and got in the chain about three or four times. Yeah. So that was fantastic. It was unfortunate. I'm glad he didn't kick it. I know. It was unfortunate yeah. that he didn't Deserved kick a goal, it. but yeah, yeah glad really it good. didn't. Yeah. Um, you know, McGrath was really solid, 29 cosies. Um, what do you think of the, uh, was it Nick Bryan? He was okay. Oh, the kid playing yeah, the rock. Yeah. He was good. He tired late, as you would understand. And I think Pitnet started to really get on get on top physically because Pitnet's that's Pitnet's go. He's just a he's a, just a solid unit. Um, but he was leaping early, Brian. Mm. He, you know, he, he looked like he's certainly worth persisting with. And I think it made Essendon's forward line of result look infinitely more dangerous because that young Jones is suddenly getting the third defender because two metre Peter and, and Hooker's down there. And you saw the benefits that he got from from having a little bit of an easier time. So I hope they persist with it. I hope he pulls up all right and they they keep going with it while Draper's still out um still out injured. But it was a look. It was an entertaining old game. You know, I don't think anyone walked away thinking they're um you know they're knocking on the door of premierships or anything. I think we both said it was two bottom six sides probably uh, probably going at it. Carlton with all the injuries they've got and poor old Paddy Dow got a reprieve and then got a poke in the eye or something. He had to get subbed out. Um, and Samo, I actually thought we haven't sort of talked about this off air, but uh, Samo was sort of well, he wasn't dropped really. He was made the sub. He's never been dropped in his time at Carlton. He's only missed about three games since okay. he got drafted, and they've been due to injury. Um, was forced to come on early due to Dow hurting himself. Thought he did some really really nice things, including a really gutsy mark across um across half back. So hopefully for him, he gets a bit of confidence from that because he's out of contract this year. So. Um, you know, it's not a good time to not be playing yeah. playing well. Uh, and for us Carlton supporters, great times. Great oh, day when you beat us. Up and about. Who's next? Bring yeah. them on. I, I was going to say, if you only win two games a year, 
beat the fucking Bombers twice. Yeah. <laughs> That's all that matters. Ah, <laughs> uh, final game of the rounds, the Derby with our West Coast taking on Fremantle Eagles got home by 59 points in front of no crowd over there at Optus Stadium. It was a 13 point lead to the Eagles at half time, but then they kicked away in that third quarter, six goals to two and put the game away. An easy, comfortable 59 point win and their 11th straight in the Derby. Did you be... I, I would imagine we obviously we get a chance to watch all this game because we were otherwise engaged. But um, gee, it'd be filthy if you're um, if you're Frio here. I think you had a. I don't know if they're going to get a better opportunity to win a um, to win a derby. Injuries galore for for West Coast coming off a a hiding the week before. You know, Frio coming off a really good um, really good win. They're up and going. They've got. Five fit, Monday fit, Brayshaw fit, up and going. You know, Tabin is doing things up forward. Is this the time? And they didn't even get close. Like, I don't know what it was. Maybe it was because we saw the second half and the game as a contest was kind of over. But you combine the fact that the game was sort of over as a contest, there was no crowd there. It had a real practice match feel to it by the by the end. Uh, they were just sort of Fife was still cracking in, but everyone else was sort of just running around. Tim Kelly back Good in day. form, oh, forty. Yeah. 42 Cozzies, if you don't mind. Um, huge effort. Um, key forwards back in form. Kennedy, four. Darling, three. Waterman, three. Um, and some some guys who I thought uh, came back to form. Uh, Josh Rotham did some uh, good things across half-back. Um, you know, Redden was solid again. Sheed was was good for Frio. Um Brayshaw. Sorry. Brayshaw continues his true yeah. form. He's having a wonderful year. He he got tagged there a couple of times. Uh, Carlton was one of them, I know, and he really struggled with it. Um, not sure if he's not being tagged or he's found a way to work through it. Either way, uh, his last two or three weeks has been huge. Monday keeps on keeping on. Fife just, is just a beast, the poor bugger. His eyes blown up again, so he was hard. But they just, when they struggle, they just look really bad. Cause they, just look like, they just look like they leave it as so few. You know, because you look at Fife, Brayshaw, Mundy, you know, and maybe Walters and things like that, you're like, all you need is three or four more to come along, and that's the difference. And that's what sort of frustrates you about um, about about Freo. Yeah, all right, good win there to the Eagles. Fair play to the Eagles. They're missing a heap of players. So to come out and win and win well, I mean, there's names out there playing for them. I genuinely don't know who they are. So um, good effort. Uh, to the ladder after round seven. The D's are on top, seven and straight wins. Who, and they are a game clear of the Western Bulldogs. Mm-hmm. Percentage, what's that? Doggies still have the best percentage, um, but the D's are game clear. Back on five wins in third place is Port Adelaide. In fourth on five wins is Sydney. And then fifth on four wins. We've got quite a few teams on four wins. We do. Geelong, Richmond, Brisbane and West Coast. That rounds out the eight. Sitting outside the eight on percentage, it's Fremantle. We're still four wins. So yeah, four yeah. and three, and they're not in there. So still yeah, good. And then we yeah. have a few teams on three wins. Starting tenth is Gold Coast, eleventh Giants, twelfth Carlton, thirteenth Adelaide, and fourteenth St Kilda. And then on two wins, we have Essendon and Hawthorne in fifteenth and sixteenth place. Seventeenth is Collingwood Ooh. with one win, and obviously the Ruse still at the bottom of the ladder yet to win a game in 2021. I know we're going a bit over time, but I quickly want to ask you, looking at that eight, is there someone that you're confident won't be there? And more to the point, is there someone that's not in there that you'd be confident will be in there? Oh, going from last year, I say, what, St Kilda's the team that's that made finals last year. Yeah. And they're in 14th. They're, but they're only a game out. It's only now. a game out, so it's, yeah. it's not as bad as it looks. Well, you, you'd always look to Sydney, wouldn't you? Yeah. So, shit. Yeah, you think seven of that? You think someone's going to drop out of that? But Sydney keep winning, though, don't they? So at this stage, it's, yeah, it's hard to find someone who's yeah. going to come in, isn't yeah, it? Do you have any, any thoughts? On no, that? I'm the same. I um, I always thought Sydney were going to be the one, but that that win, and again, the win. The thing about Sydney, I don't know if you noticed it after the game. Like all the players came on the ground. Like even the players that weren't playing and celebrated and hugged and things like that. It's like the culture there is just... I just can't imagine, like, as a Carlton supporter, I can never imagine Carlton having a win like that and reacting that way, the way Sydney do. So it's um, it's those sort of intangibles. But, yeah, I keep waiting for Sydney to run out of steam. And they still might, but um, 
possessions nine tens of the law, and they're in there at the moment. They're in there by a game. So yeah, all right. Let's look ahead to round eight starting Friday night. Let's Richmond taking on Geelong at the MCG. Sean, wow, we good game, good game. Richmond, Richmond. Saturday, Giants host Essendon. That's at Giants Stadium. That's the early one forty-five. Wow, we not as good a game. No Giants. Um, uh, Giants, yeah, they're going along nicely. Suns, Saints, two ten, Metricon. This is a, an eight pointer, really. This yeah, time big of game year, for both yeah, sides. big game for both sides. Saints. I'm going to go Suns at home. I'm right. liking what they're doing. Ruse, boss. Oh, bottom versus second bottom. Seventeenth versus eighteenth. Come on, Kangas. Go Ruse. Come on, Kangas. <laughs> what if they belted him and Collingwood went to last? Oh, percentage is going to be no hope for the Ruse. Oh, I think Collingwood will win, but I think Collingwood will win too. But geez, there's nothing to gain from Collingwood out of this game. Well, they win, oh, of course you should win. Yeah, but if they lose, fuck. Yeah, look out. Yeah. Saturday night at the G, you got the uh, the Demons hosting the Swans. Oh, good game, this um, Demons. You got it. Yeah, hard to tip against Melbourne the way they're they're trucking at the moment. Yeah, showdown, Port Adelaide, Adelaide, Adelaide Oval. Oh, where the prison bars, Port. Just do it. Um, Power. You got to tip. Yeah, I think Adelaide are cooked. So yeah. Uh, it's Sunday, one ten at where was that? It's the G. Hawthorne and West Coast. No, West Coast don't get many games at the G. Uh, if you got Eagles. Yeah, probably. You can't... I reckon it'll be closer than most people think, but you'd have to tip the Eagles. Yeah, Dogs, Blues, Marvel. Oh, now we're back. <laughs> and the Doggies are cooked. So they've lost one in a row, so they're gone. Um, no, I think the Doggies might doggies. get it done there. For me, in the twilight, to finish the round, yeah. it's Fremantle hosting Brisbane at Optus. God, what a, what a, just Harvey Norman. Just no interest there. Um Oh, you got to tip Brisbane after three hours yeah. effort. But interesting now, obviously Perth, I think, are in the midst of another three-day lockdown, so we'll have to probably yeah, keep an eye on these fixtures maybe to see if they... Um, yeah, something may change there. Who, Who knows? knows? All right, Sean, thank you. Willow, it's been an absolute pleasure joining you this evening. All right, thanks, everyone, for listening. Uh, we'll speak to you all again next week. Goodbye. <laughs>